Making the decision to have a child, it is momentous. It is to decide forever to have your heart go walking around outside your body. Elizabeth Stone Hello and welcome to the Elegant Balance Podcast, where we explore how to create a well-balanced life full of simplicity, joy, and beauty. I'm your hostess, Dr. Kaylee Hackney, wife, working mom, and expert in the work-life interface. In this podcast, I'll be sharing the science behind work-life balance, practical tips, and plenty of love and encouragement along the way. My desire is to inspire women to pursue their elegant balance. I'm so excited that you're here. Let's get started. Hi friends, how are you doing today? I am so excited to be recording another episode for you. Um, Classes are back in session and I'm teaching full-time again, so it's been a while. I wasn't able to record last week, so I hope you all are doing well. I'm so excited to to be here chatting with you today. Um, Today is a little bit of a different type of episode because I'm going to do a research spotlight where I share some of my recent research projects with you. This project that I want to talk about today is extra special to me because it began as my dissertation and has morphed into a publication in the Journal of Applied Psychology and also a recent Harvard Business Review article. But before we get there, I have a listener spotlight to share with you all. A listener with the username that started with a J, I can't pronounce the whole thing, it's a bunch of letters, but they recently left a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts, and they stated... I so enjoy starting my morning listening to something that is uplifting and encouraging, and I think I just found my favorite podcast to listen to. So great. Thank you so much for that encouraging review. You have no idea how happy it makes my heart to know that you enjoy starting your day uh, with this show, that you find it positive and encouraging, because that's exactly what I want to do here. I want to share positivity with you all, encourage you all, and help you create a work-life balance that you love, that you can see the joy and beauty in life. For those of you who are listening but haven't yet left a review, what are you waiting for? Seriously, these reviews mean so much to me, and I love reading them. They just make me so, so happy to see them come in. And they are also very important in helping other women find this show. The ratings and reviews are what um, a lot of the podcast apps use to recommend shows to other people. So if you are enjoying the show, I beg you to please go and leave a five-star rating and review. I would be so, so grateful. Okay, so for those of you who maybe are new listening to the show, I just wanted to share a little bit of a background about myself. So I am a professor and a work family researcher. And much of my recent research is focused on pregnancy in the workplace. And I wanted to start today's episode by simply just telling my own story of how I came to start researching pregnancy in the workplace. So when I was 22, I was working on my MBA with the intention of pursuing a PhD in organizational behavior. And during that time, I had some wonderful mentors who gave me so much support and encouragement throughout that whole application and interview process. But they also gave me a very realistic job preview of what life might look like as a PhD student. Long hours, doing grunt work for professors, constantly feeling stupid, 
and just having, in general, very little time for life outside of classes and research. In other words, not really the ideal time to start a family. And yet, after a semester under my belt and several very deep conversations with my husband, we made the bold decision to stop letting the PhD program dictate our lives. We were going to start trying to have a baby. It actually didn't take too long. By April, I was pregnant, and immediately I was overcome with a mixture of emotions, extreme happiness and excitement about becoming a mother, but also extreme fear of what my advisor, professors, and colleagues would would think. I started asking myself questions like, will they take me seriously as a PhD candidate now? And what if they try to push me out of the program? I ruminated on these questions so much that it literally made me feel sick. Finally, I decided to just forget about that whole don't tell anyone you're pregnant until you hit the 13-week mark, which is an entirely different episode in and of itself. But I decided to go ahead and just tell my advisor that I was expecting. I figured that if she was upset with me, getting it over with was going to be better than worrying about it for like the next five weeks. I still remember that meeting very, very vividly. My heart was pounding as I walked into her office and we made some small talk, but eventually I got around to just just telling her that I was pregnant. I then immediately burst into tears (laughs) and she jumped up from behind her desk and she came around and gave me a huge hug And I'll never forget her words. Are we excited about this baby? And I said, yes, I am very excited about this baby, but I wasn't sure if you would be. This experience is what kickstarted now eight years of researching pregnancy in the workplace. I was extremely lucky to have the support that I did, but I know that it's not like that for all women. Despite the fact that pregnancy discrimination is illegal, it still actually occurs rather frequently in, the, in today's workplace. Over the last five years, almost 15,000 discrimination claims have been filed in the United States. Pregnancy discrimination can be defined as the unfavorable treatment of women at work due to pregnancy, childbirth, or medical conditions. And it's not always blatant mistreatment either. Often it's more subtle, hostile behaviors, such as being socially isolated at work, um, negatively stereotyped, or just being treated rudely in general. So why does pregnancy discrimination occur? So pregnancy is stigmatized in the workplace because pregnant women do not live up to this ideal worker norm. And the ideal worker is one who is fully available and fully committed to their work. When a baby is on the way, it sends the message to supervisors and coworkers that work is no longer going to be the top commitment for that employee. Pregnant women are often perceived as being more emotional, irrational, less committed to their jobs, and in general, less competent than other employees. These stereotypes result in negative treatment of pregnant employees in the workplace. Some examples of pregnancy discrimination include things like insults, undermining, making statements that convey the assumption that she is not committed to her job or that maybe she's not going to return to to work, um, being put down in a meeting, 
being removed from a project that requires longer hours or travel, being excluded from important meetings or conversations, and just rude or derogatory comments about the shape or size of her body. Um, Sometimes there's inappropriate touching, um, unsolicited comments or advice or questions, um, being passed up for a promotion, and ultimately even just being fired. So now that you have an idea of what pregnancy discrimination is, I wanted to share some of my recent research with you. As you can imagine, being faced with pregnancy discrimination and all of the different examples I just gave you, facing that at work is stressful. Being afraid of making a wrong move during pregnancy because it might result in punishment or even being let go from your job is extremely draining for women. Even just dealing with the rude comments on a daily basis is enough to wear us out. There's a lot of research that shows that stress during pregnancy is not good for either the mother or the baby. But what is less clear is how workplace stressors, such as pregnancy discrimination, play a role. So in our study, we examined exactly this. Does pregnancy discrimination lead to increased stress for the mother? And if so, how does that increased stress impact both her health and her baby's health? Indeed, we did find that pregnancy discrimination led to increased stress for pregnant employees, and this stress was detrimental for both mother and baby health. Mothers experienced greater postpartum depressive symptoms, while their babies had lower birth weights, lower gestational ages, and even had an increased number of times that they had to visit the doctor within their first couple weeks of life. This is clear evidence that pregnancy discrimination in the workplace needs to be taken seriously. We were fortunate enough to have the chance to actually follow up with the participants from this study to determine whether there were long-term implications to pregnancy discrimination. Thankfully, we found that the babies were able to to bounce back. They didn't suffer from long-term health complications because of this pregnancy discrimination and stress. However, mothers were still struggling and they reported poorer health and increased depressive symptoms and increased parental stress. It is near impossible to achieve a work-life balance when the workplace is just diametrically opposed to accepting the fact that employees have a life outside of work. Like I said before, much of the pregnancy discrimination stems from the fact that pregnant employees violate the ideal worker norm. But nobody can realistically be the ideal worker. Ideal does not exist. Instead, managers would do so much better to simply just support their pregnant employees throughout this complex and challenging yet beautiful life event. In our recently published Harvard Business Review article, we outlined several steps that managers can take to support their pregnant employees. I won't go into too much detail here, If you're interested, I encourage you to go and read it. I will link to it in the show notes. However, I wanted to offer some broad steps that managers or leaders could take to help their pregnant employees. First, you could help your employees negotiate parental benefits. Second, offer flexible work arrangements. Third, accommodate time off for doctor's appointments. Fourth, facilitate interactions between the pregnant employee and their coworkers. And fifth, intentionally create an inclusive organizational climate. When it really comes down to it, 
I encourage you to simply just maintain an open dialogue with your pregnant employees. Every woman is different. Every pregnancy is different. And based on this alone, the support that each woman needs is going to vary. Communication truly becomes key here. Whether you are a manager, pregnant employee, or simply just have friends and colleagues who are pregnant or might be pregnant someday, I hope that this episode has helped you to see the importance of taking pregnancy discrimination seriously and the importance of supporting pregnant employees throughout their pregnancy so that they and their babies can avoid detrimental health outcomes. I know this episode was a bit different than my typical work-life balance episodes, but I truly do enjoy sharing my current research with you, and I hope that you enjoy learning what I'm doing behind the scenes. Um, If you did enjoy this episode, please share it with a friend, someone who might enjoy this episode as well. Um, You can even take a screenshot of you listening to this episode and post it in Instagram to your stories. Make sure you tag me so I can see it. I would love that and be so grateful for you to share. Have a beautiful, joy-filled week, friends. Hey, have you grabbed your copy of the Elegant Balance Workbook? If not, what are you waiting for? I've said it time and time again, but work-life balance does not happen by accident. It takes intentional action on your part. So let me help you. Go to kayleehackney.com forward slash workbook to grab your copy today.